Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord is king. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Welcome to our Thanksgiving worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. I'm Rebecca Duke Barton, and I'm here with my husband and co-pastor Garth. We're in the midst of a series on that final verse from First Chronicles 16. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Today, we're focused on that first part of the verse, Oh, give thanks. My mother gave me a book several years ago called 10,000 Things to Praise God For. What I find particularly fun about it is the way that it mixes lighthearted things with deep, serious, theological things. We give thanks because God is good. We give thanks because his steadfast love endures forever. We give thanks for sweet potato casserole and leaves that are a gorgeous shade of yellow. We give thanks for youth who love Jesus, pumpkin bread, and Epworth by the Sea. We give thanks for mothers who give us books and fathers who teach us the way of the Lord. We give thanks for the salvation that Jesus offers. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Our scripture for today shows us that from the beginning, the people of God gave thanks. We have already read the psalm that they sang, but now as we turn to King David and the Levites, they're setting up the ark and giving thanks to the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord from 1 Chronicles 16, beginning at verse 1. They brought in the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt offerings and offerings of well-being before God. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the offerings of well-being, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he distributed to every person in Israel, man and woman alike, to each a loaf of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. He appointed certain of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather and rescue us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, Amen and praised the Lord. David left Asaph and his kinsfolk there before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister regularly before the Ark 
as each day required. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It was the day after Thanksgiving of 1977, and I was five years old, and we were headed to Plains, Georgia. Plains had two famous residents. Maybe you know about them. Earl and Imogene Duke, my grandparents. Wait, were you thinking of somebody else? We spent every Thanksgiving in Plains, and my Aunt Robbie would come, and my cousins, and my grandmother had four brothers, and a lot of times they would all come with all of their families. The boys played football in the yard, and we brought our Barbie dolls to play with my cousin Shannon, and there was so much food. Now, maybe you were thinking about two other residents of Plains, and it turns out in 1977 that there were a lot of people who were thinking about those other two residents because Jimmy Carter was president and some people were unhappy with his farm policies. And so there was a massive protest. Farmers from all over Georgia drove their tractors into downtown Plains. They estimated it was about 4,000 tractors and 10,000 people. Plains is not a large town. Downtown is about two streets, and my grandparents lived two blocks south of the main street. 4,000 tractors took up the whole town. We, on our way to see my favorite residents of Plains, got caught up in all of that tractor traffic. We were stuck. Beloveds, this is not how you want to spend your Thanksgiving. I was five years old, and I didn't care anything about the politics, but I did care about the people that were blocks away, but that I couldn't get to. We couldn't get to my grandparents. We couldn't get to my Aunt Robbie and my cousins, including my cousin Shannon with all the Barbies. We're built for connection. Susanna's working on a sociology paper, and so I've learned from her the sociological term is social connectedness. Our brains are hardwired for a need to be together, to love and to care for one another. It mattered to me that day that I would get to see those folks that I loved who were so good to me and loved me so. We were all frustrated that we couldn't get to our Thanksgiving destination, and so my parents came up with a solution. My mother got us out of the car. I was five and my sister was seven, and the three of us got out and walked along U.S. 280 through all of that tractor traffic across the railroad tracks to get to our destination. Some things are worth the extra effort, aren't they? It's worth walking to get to our people. And let me assure you, it would have been worth walking to get to my grandmother's cornbread dressing and sour cream pound cake. In our scripture in 1 Chronicles 16, we see throngs of people gathering. It must have been more crowded in Jerusalem that day than even a tractor procession. The Levites were bringing the Ark of the Covenant to the new capital of Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence among the people. It had the tablets of the Ten Commandments and some of the manna from the wilderness. And people knew when the Ark of the Covenant was there that God was there. 
And so the Levites were bringing the Ark of the Covenant to the new capital of Jerusalem. They set up a tent and prepared a place for the Ark to come. They had a big festive day. David danced in front of the Ark with such abandon that it embarrassed his wife. David was inviting people to sing praises. And there was food, food for everyone, because, of course, you've got to have food if you've got people gathering. David knew the importance of giving people a place to gather, sing praises, and give thanks. Because it's not only that we're hardwired for connection with each other. We are hardwired with a need to connect with God and give him praise. Augustine of Hippo wrote it this way in his book, Confessions. You move us to delight in praising you. For you have formed us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. Don't you love that? You move us to delight in praising you. Diana Butler Bass tells the story of a conversation she had during her first year as a, a college professor. A colleague told her that he had learned to be grateful through hardship, and she was surprised. You can learn to be grateful? He encouraged her to think of one thing for which she was grateful. She was thinking of all the things that she was worried about, all of the, the first year stress of being a college professor. But finally, she blurted out, my friend Julie. Then that's the beginning, the other professor told her. Write that down. And every day, write down one thing for which you're grateful. So she wrote that one thing down and then another. And pretty soon, her journey was full of gratitude. She found she was more grateful, but not only that, she was more peaceful and more hopeful about the world. Her mental health improved. Her physical health improved. But really, it's no wonder because that's how God made us. He made us to be grateful. Maybe it's why the same verse shows up throughout the Bible. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. The Duke of Wellington, the British military leader who defeated Napoleon at Waterloo, was known to be demanding. He hardly ever said anything to compliment his troops. He was always pushing them to be better, to work harder. But when asked if he would do anything differently, given another chance at life, he said, I'd give more praise. So the question is, what's stopping us? In our study on Jude Wednesday night, we ran across people Jude calls grumblers and malcontents. And that applies to so many of us. Maybe we worry that if we praise like David did, other people will look at us with contempt. Maybe we've let too much bad news in and we're driving out the good news and the reasons to give thanks. Sometimes we avoid giving thanks as though we are blocked by a tractor brigade. Beloveds, hop on out and let's get to praising. We are built to give thanks. We delight in praising God. David must have known the truth of this. He knew that our souls long for God. And so that's why First Chronicles and this story about all of the people coming together is so full of praise. I love verses 8 through 11. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. This is what we're called to do. Like Reverend Butler Bass, what if we wrote down things that we're praising God about? What if we truly gave thanks, sang to him, gloried in his holy name? We're built to give thanks. We're built to give thanks to the one who loves us with an everlasting love, who is so good to us. Jason Michelli writes that God wants us to worship him because God wants us to know him as the gracious God who has almighty amnesia when it comes to our sins and transgressions. God desires our worship because God wants us to have that experience of knowing that we're known completely by the one from whom no secret is hidden. And in spite of all that is found to be in us, loved. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. If you need a reason to praise, I've got 10,000 for you. Just look at that verse. God is good. He loves you with an enduring love. Jesus loves you so, beloved. Let's give him all our thanks and praise. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for Thanksgiving, for the family and friends and that social connectedness that we need. We thank you for farmers and food and your abundance of blessings. We thank you for your goodness to us and for your son, Jesus, and for the steadfast love that endures forever. We give you thanks this day and always. Amen.